Now I want to address a few verses from this chapter, and uh, <clears throat> I won't take long to do that. And um, one of the reasons I changed my mind about the text I was going to use was going to use is because it would be more time consuming to try to address some things that I wanted to. So, <clears throat> but sometimes there are questions that arise. The Lord's Supper is one of two ordinances uh, that our Lord and Savior gave to His church. And uh, uh, baptism is that, scriptural baptism is that one-time uh, ordinance, and the Lord's Supper is that which we <clears throat> continue to practice. And, and so uh, I want to start reading in the 26th verse now, uh, after a while, I'll, I'll read uh, some of verse 23 through 25 as we do every time we observe the Lord's Supper. But he says this, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So there's a pretty moving words that we find there. But he goes on to say, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, uh, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak, and sickly among you, and many sleep, <clears throat> many had died. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Uh, wherefore, my brother, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hun uh, hunger, let him eat at home, that you come not together unto condemnation, and the rest I will set in order when I come. <clears throat> and of course that question that arises is that about eating and drinking unworthily. And um, the meaning of that is not, it's not saying that uh, we're, we are not to eat or drink, we're not to participate because we're not worthy, because we all are not worthy. Apart from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that word unworthily uh, means the manner in which it is observed, the manner. Now, I don't know whether you've given much thought to this or not, but it's pretty obvious that this church was pretty messed up about that. I mean, they uh, <clears throat> we, we find that Paul said to them, um, first of all, verse 18, he says, When you come together in the church, I hear there are divisions among you, and I partly believe it, for there must be heresies among you. Heresy is false doctrine and false teaching, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, in one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. And in eating every one taketh before uh, others his own supper. One is hungry, and another is drunken. 
What have you not houses to eat and drink in, or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say uh, to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. So uh, I, I don't know exactly what they were doing. I've read several things related to that. Uh, some believe that they were uh, taking uh, the Passover meal. They were doing it before they actually observed the Lord's Supper. Um, some say it was a love feast of some kind. And uh, obviously uh, they were just doing the wrong thing. They were uh, just messing that all up and everything. And this is what Paul's talking about. And I'm thankful tonight that uh, we have a church where we are as respectful uh, of the ordinance of the Lord's Supper as I think anybody could possibly be. And I'm glad for that. I'm glad for that. Uh, and so you say, well, is it possible that someone could uh, partake of the Lord's Supper unworthily as it is uh, shared here in this text? And I, I guess a person could do that, but I don't think they could do it here because of the a manner in which it uh, which it is done, which they were doing, what was happening uh, in in them, uh, for them. And so it's so very important that this is done in a correct way. And uh, the Bible tells us in verse 24, where Jesus says this, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do, in remembrance of me. And uh, he also said it in verse 25, This cup is the new testament or new covenant in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so that, that is the critical point, is that when we take the Lord's Supper, we're doing it in honor of him. Now, when it comes to this matter of judging oneself, of course we know that there are certain uh, things that we are to be careful about as far as uh, our own uh, attitude and everything related to that. And I don't know about you all, but I know uh, myself, I, I, every time that we take the Lord's Supper, I think about, uh, you know, my own, my own life and my own attitude and my own uh, the things in my, in my life. And, and I always uh, pray and ask God to forgive me uh, for anything that I may have done or any attitude that I may have had related to that. And so there's a really powerful uh, statement that is made uh, here related to that. He says in the 28th verse, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And so there's a self-examination that needs to take place. The per you say, well, preacher, does the Bible reveal that there's a purpose in the Lord giving his church uh, that ordinance? And it's pretty obvious in that that, it, that there is. When we, do, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we do so by examining ourselves. Now, this matter of, you know, and I've had people to say, I don't take the Lord's Supper because I'm not worthy. You know what the Bible says about it. Well, that's not what it's saying. It's saying unworthily, and it means the manner in which it is taking. But <clears throat> we're to examine ourselves, and so let him eat. 
And he goes on to say in verse 31 and verse 32, But if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Now that's a truth that is a reality in all of our life under every condition that we might imagine. If a man would judge himself, he should not be judged. In other words, uh, being really careful about uh, our, our life and our walk before the Lord, that we judge ourselves, we would not. But when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. And we can be thankful for that uh, truth and that reality because what Paul is saying there is that when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord. And I don't know whether you've ever thought about this or not, but these words that he speaks here when he says that we should not be condemned with the world. In other words, that's the purpose of that. And we know, and I've shared with you many times in many ways about the chastisement of the Lord. What is it all about and what is it for? Why does God discipline his children? He does so that we uh, stay in line with his purpose and his will for our lives. If, when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord. And... Uh, uh, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12 that chastisement is, is uh, something that the Lord carries out and practices in the life of believers uh, in, in because of uh, the, the fact that he loves us. Whom the Lord loveth, those he chastens. And so who is it that is chastened? Those that the Lord loves. And I've said this many times that there's this idea and attitude that, uh, you know, uh, that everybody is, uh, everybody is chastened uh, uh, all, the, all the time, and that's not true. It's only those that the Lord loveth that he chasteneth. And people will say, well, doesn't he love everybody? Well, he does not love everybody the same. The Bible's very clear uh, about that. And so, uh, he he loves them that are his, and he chastens them. And so, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged of him, we're chastened of the Lord, that we be not condemned with the world. Now, I want to tell you something, child of God. You're not going to be condemned with the world. And that's what this verse is actually saying, is that... This will, the intervention would come from the Lord. It would come from the Lord in that case and everything. So this passage of Scripture uh, reveals to us that there is a, uh, a wrong way, a wrong attitude or whatever. Now, I don't know of any church that is guilty of the things that the church of Corinth was guilty of. I don't know of any. I've never heard uh, of that, uh, uh, where they would have a meal uh, before the Lord's Supper, have a love feast or or whatever before the Lord's Supper, and the kind of things that were happening here, where people were not uh, not able to get something to eat that needed it, needed it, and it was uh, 
something terrible that they were doing. And I don't know of any church that, that does that or has ever done that that I know of. We don't have a love feast prior to the Lord's Supper. I mean, it might be all right if we did that, did it scripturally, biblically, or what have you, but they certainly was not. And he says here, For in eating every one taketh before uh, others his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. In other words, they were, they were feasting and reveling uh, prior to the Lord's Supper or along with the Lord's Supper. I don't know exactly what it was they were doing, but Paul is really condemning them for that. So we take from this that there's a right attitude to have related to the, to the Lord's Supper. We are to participate in it to, in remembrance of Him, being constantly reminded of what He's done for us. His body that was broken for us. His blood that was shed for us. That's what that means. And so it's something that we ought to really think about and uh, ought to be serious about the way we take that. And so I just wanted to share that with you related to it. Like I said, sometimes there are questions that arise and people don't really understand uh, why certain things are in the Bible the way they are. But obviously this is what uh, they were were doing. And Paul condemns them for it. And he tells them that they weren't they didn't come together to take the Lord's Supper. They was heresies, there was divisions among them, and uh that's one thing that cannot cannot happen. Uh I may I I think I told you the story about a church that I pastored many years ago. There was division and uh and I, I, I refused to uh, do the Lord's Supper because it was so severe. And, of course, I'm not there no more, of course. And, and, uh, but they ca- that can't happen when a church is divided, when there's false doctrine, when there's uh, heresies uh, in the life of a church. And so I wanted to just share that little word uh, for you. And we're going to be uh, dismissed, and um, of course, uh, in, a, in a moment, we will uh, partake of the, of the Lord's Supper. They've been prepared for us, the elements have, and they're here and ready. Let's bow together. Father, we praise you and thank you for this opportunity that is ours to be here this evening. Thank you for this ordinance. Thank you, Father, for how it influences us and how it affects us how it makes us take stock of ourselves and evaluate ourselves. And, Father, that we might have the opportunity to honor you and to praise you in the process. So bless us uh, as we continue tonight uh, to serve you, and we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. I'll have you stand together with me, and we'll sing a closing number.